Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out of Grief Comes Art. I'm Elizabeth Copeland, the founder and chief playwright for Grief Dialogues, and my partner here is... Hallie Williams. You guys know me. I do the marketing here at Grief Dialogues. And we are just so excited. We have a really fun guest. Not that all, all our guests aren't funny because we're fun. They all are great. Yeah. But I'm really excited to talk to today's guest because she's all about music. And I, we haven't really talked all that much about music so far. So, um, Hallie, why don't you take it away? Hi, guys. How are you this Wednesday? Hope you're doing good. Uh, today on the show, we have Renee Benmela. And she is a amazing vocalist, composer, and community music facilitator. Renee, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Okay, awesome. Uh, before we get too far into our show, you know, I got to thank our favorite people. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I don't think it's fair to say that any of our sponsors are our favorite because I love each of them so much for different reasons. But today we're going to give a huge shout out to Humanities Washington um, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. This project has been made possible in part by funding from Humanities Washington. Um, they open minds and bridges divides by creating spaces to explore different perspectives. Thanks for believing in our project and supporting us every episode. Okay, Renee, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you this Wednesday? I'm doing really, really well, actually. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Getting the day started. So Renee is a pretty cool person over here and works with sound all the time. Um, and when Elizabeth first sent me... Well, I'll, I'll let Renee explain how everyone got connected here. But when Elizabeth sent me her information and was like, check her out, I got to her website and I was like, whoa. I, the first, okay, honestly, the first thing I thought was, I wonder if she has a headache all the time because she works, <laughs> she works with sound. And she works with uh, using sound as a healing agent, using sound as an expression agent. And that's incredible. Um, but me who gets sensory overload all the time, my of course, my first thought was like, <gasps> <laughs> that's really that's a great thing you brought up and I, i'll talk about that in a second yeah. okay Ooh, okay um i want to read her bio real quick and then of course i'm going to let her take it away and share her own story so renee is a multicultural vocalist composer instrumentalist and created in venezuela from mediterranean ancestry she has been joyfully singing improv jazz world ritual and original music for 20 plus years in the bay area she is the founder and agile facilitator at Sound Nourishment, where she leads workshops and events using mindfulness practices, vocal and movement games, and improvised melody rhythm games in an accepting and caring environment that supports vocal exploration and the expression of your authentic sound. Renee is also happy to spend her time on the planet as a drum circle facilitator. That's the part that I was like, oh, <laughs> and a sound nourishment practi practitioner. Um, all right, Renee. Please, please, please give us a little bit of your story, your grief story, and your connection to grief dialogues. Yeah. Well, I'll start. This, the first part will be a little quicker. Um, I met you, Elizabeth, at the, um, it was, a, I, think, I believe it was National Organization of Arts and Health was having like a little meetup for, for musicians. And somehow it came up that I had written a song about gun violence and she became interested. So that's how we started to connect about that. that that's right. Yeah. National uh, Organization of Arts and Healthcare, I believe. Um, that was great. And when you started 
talking to Renee about the song and what it involved. Oh my gosh, this is perfect because mm-hmm. I think it resonates with a lot of people. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Yeah, no, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I mean, gosh, my grief story. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of people come on and say the same thing, like, gosh, where do I start kind of thing. Um, they do. That is actually how most people start. Yeah. But that's know, kind I mean, of the truth. Like, where do you start? <laughs> where do you start? And I'm, I'm 50, so it's not like I was born, you know, yesterday. So I've had a good chunk of time to hang out on the planet and sort of, you know, experience. But um, I would say that my, the earliest, um, you know, it's interesting, uh, as a child, I wasn't processing things as grief as much, Mm. but I was probably more in a freeze, right? My body was probably more in a freeze in response to things that were happening. Certainly there was, you know, sadness when I was eight, I moved from Venezuela to, to California okay. and I left my beloved grandmother behind. Mm. Um, and that was very, very, that was the beginning of some really difficult times for me because I was extremely bonded with her. Right. I would have been traumatic. Yeah. Oh, but, but when I was a child, my mom was a single mom and I, I was taken care of by nannies, some of which were not really, um, kind or educated about you know how to take care of a child in a way that wasn't going to create more trauma for them so unfortunately that did happen for me and that was just all part of the you know um longing to be with my mom when she wasn't available a lot of things like that you know so those were some of the blueprints right the early early childhood blueprints but I would say that I didn't feel the, the real, real, like, deep grief about those things until I got older, for some reason. There was a, a, a looking back and a reflecting when I started doing some inner work and being like, why am I doing such and such in these relationships, you know? <laughs> um, and I, um, it's, you know, there's some heavy stuff here, so I'm just going to, just a little heads up. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, as a young person, I also started to discover that I was queer, and I grew up in a pretty traditional Jewish family, mm-hmm. and the most common sentence I heard from my grandparents was, I can't wait for you to get married. <laughs> that was to a man. Oh, okay, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and... I never knew how to respond, so I was hiding inside. And when I was 12, I, I made a, a, an attempt to take my own life because I felt so trapped. I didn't know that there was going to be a way out of this or that I could gain acceptance in any way. Um, there was a second attempt when I was 15 after I had spent a few years mm. drinking and drugging myself. <laughs> um, so that drinking and drugging part of my life actually saved my life. I don't think oh, I wow. could cope emotionally with the feelings that were there. Yeah. So coming out as much as it wasn't good for my you know nervous system and my development was also a way that I stayed alive. And then mm-hmm. oh, got sober <laughs> when I was fifteen. And then everything came up, and it was like, yeah, 
Wow. So um, first, I just want to make a comment that my 15-year-old self is really resonating what you just said. I didn't think about suicide necessarily, but I came really close. There were things in my own life where it was very serious. So I, I really feel for you on that. Um, so I, you don't have to necessarily address this now, but uh, you, at 15, you got sober. How did that happen? That's incredible. Do the wrong drugs. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I started experimenting with like LSD and it was street LSD and it made me so crazy. And I finally just one day was like, you got, this is crazy. I don't know what you're doing. Like it was just too much for me. Right. Finally, right. It just hit me. And I said, I, I got to do something. And I told my mom everything. I told her everything. And I went to a, not exactly a rehabilitation. And how, how does she respond? She actually was really uh, caring and and she took it well and um, we, she got me some help. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, you know, like I said, it wasn't a drug rehabilitation unit, but mm-hmm. it was a, a unit that I went to for a month and, and it was a, a place of safety. That right. I could be away from the, my friends who were using. And it was very hard to get sober in high school. I can I can imagine. Yeah, in fact, I left there, went out, used again, went back for a little bit, you know, and then eventually really got clean. And um, it was good. It was uh, it was super hard work. Um, I've been in therapy since I was like twelve years old, mm-hmm. and I, you know, once I got sober, I went to a lot of twelve step groups. Thank God is for the twelve step groups that helped me. All those wonderful, sweet people volunteering their time and listening to you and you know, guiding you on a, on a path. And, um, but I suffered from a lot of depression and a lot of sadness and a lot of not being sure I wanted to be on the planet. Yeah. You know, yeah. For about yeah. 10 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was really, that's a long hard. time to long time. But in the middle of all of that, mm-hmm. I was starting to discover like, Oh, I, I think I'm a performer. I mean, I was, I was performing from the time I was a little kid ballet and stuff like that I was always a little singer from when I was little but then it I started to go into you know musical theater in and um and in high school we had this amazing teacher I'm, I'm gonna name names because he's just such an amazing human so there's being. a shout out Bill, Bill Libertor who used okay. to teach at Del Mar and now he teaches at Gunn High School in um I think it's either Menlo Park or Palo Alto and um he was so committed and so wonderful and he had these programs going and I I dove in. I was like, yeah. this is what I can be myself. Right. This is where all the drama in me, all of the, you know, the pain or the the craziness can be expressed right. and contained in a safe way, you know? Right. Yeah. So that that was so that was you I don't know if you know this, but you are our well, no. You're not our first guest for Out of Grief Comes Music, right? We've had some singers and songwriters, but certainly not instruments. Like, uh, right. Yeah. So. Catherine Keats is Catherine, a composer. Yes. You're right. I forget about that. But definitely. I mean, but she's a playwright, performing artist. Right, uh, right, right, first, right. Probably. Yes. Pro- yeah, she probably identified it. Yeah. So, so then tell me a little bit. You have this really great, great quote on your website. It said, sound is the medicine that can allow shifts in our being. 
which I feel like it's just what you just it's a great synopsis of what you just said from your story so how did that lead you to what you've created and offer today tell me a little bit about that yeah yeah well I mean fast forwarding a little bit I eventually ended up um being in a theater production called Teens Kickoff and we were all young people who got sober and we made through psychodrama we spent six months creating a theater production and then we went on tour and there was something scary and rewarding about going public with our stories like that in front of high school audiences who could be brutal sometimes and I ended up in the East Bay and I was like you know what there's a bunch of crazy sober people up here I'm moving here these people are fun they are fun and little by little I realized that I wanted to get a degree in music. Okay. So back to college. Back to college with them. I had like tried to go to college. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. Went back, yeah. Went back to school, went to Laney College, then I went to Mills College. And from there, I started to um, just dive into the world of improvisation. I don't know if you know much about Mills College, but um, 23 music, unusual, atonal music, music that doesn't even sound like music. Uh, you know, regular music, classical music, anything you can find there. Right. Again and again, I cannot tell you how many times I have, I, have, I have addressed it where if I start improvising and just making things up for five minutes, my cup empties. Oh, really? It is just something, I think it's partially because I'm breathing. Uh-huh. Right? I'm breathing. <laughs> doesn't even have to be musical it could be like yeah 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 could be whatever right you know yeah shake the body release some sounds but in that you're breathing that is what i really have found is like the best thing sometimes though i'm somewhere and there's noise and i'll just put my little headset on and i find something really soothing that i can hear and that will calm oh. my nervous system. Okay. Because you're going to entrain with what you hear. Oh. Does that make sense? Kind of. I- Tell me, give me the definition of entrain. Okay. Entrainment is like, um, do you know when there's like two clocks in a room? <laughs> Sometimes they start to kind of like start. Yes. You know, they, they follow, yeah. And it's uh, training is like mirroring. And, and we could also call it co-regulation. So okay, I know that word. That one. Co-regulation. Yes. People, right. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're here, if you're at the construction site, you know, is next door, and all day it's going, bah, bah, bah. like right. your system can't help it, like you know, start to like throb at that beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not gonna like it necessarily. No. You're gonna be like, uh. So how do I stop in training with this and go and train with something with else? Something else. Okay. this no this is great so do you (laughs) offer this sort of advice as sound nourishment yeah we okay my classes are all about uh, well i've got two i've got three umbrellas and let me address the drum circle thing yeah uh, drum circles traditionally can be very auditorily exhausting and one of the reasons is because everyone wants to play the drum oh Oh, okay. Well, that's a good reason, I guess. I mean, well, but at, you can have a drum circle where you have some shakers 
oh. and some tambourines and you have a little wood block and you have um, something else that isn't so loud. And if you have a facilitator, you can actually start to bring things down a little bit so that so that the nervous system isn't in like hypermost oh. for like, you know, 50 minutes of a drum circle, right? Right, right. <laughs> That's what I call like a, like a you know, um, neuro neurosensitive well i have almost two-year-old who if you need a loud solo (laughs) banger he is your guy man he's got it down no volume control not none of that so no but i can see your point i love your comment everybody wants to be a drummer yeah because you see that in kids boys girls doesn't doesn't matter who what they want to hit hit something or but you know they, they, it gets the rhythm because i think you know if you really see little kids getting into it and i'm sure um cyrus is like this where his yeah. whole body is into it and for everyone who doesn't know cyrus is my son's name so yeah so, yes mm-hmm. so um yeah i'd like to know more about that because i get that okay so well, first umbrella was drums second yeah, is yeah, i was just gonna say they're 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 both the children are both discovering the sounds they can make okay but they're also trancing out a little bit Ooh. oh oh right because, okay. because think about it you're like oh my god and then you get into this thing and you're like mm, just like we do when yeah. we hear like a nice beat Ooh, we kind of yeah. trance out on it a little bit uh-huh. but yeah yeah so one umbrella is the drum circles then I've got my vocal improvisation classes, and that's where I talk a lot more about what we're talking about uh-huh. right now. And not only talk about it, but we practice it because part of what we're doing together and improvising, making music together, is we're listening to each other. Yeah. So we're, we're developing the skill of compassion. We've got other people here. We're including their, um, their contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not judging or critiquing them. We're not assessing them. And we're also, we're listening and making space. Mm. And we're collaborating at the same time, right? So that's, that's one of the things. And, it's, and, and we're hopefully, hopefully always having fun and laughing because it gets goofy as heck. Yeah, you know? right. Um, and then with the sound nourishment, some people like to call it sound healing. I never quite uh, attached to the, the word healing because yeah. I sort of feel like it might be healing, it might not be healing, I don't know. But I certainly feel that sound is nourishing. <laughs> right. You know? And we all know that sound cannot feel nourishing, right? When when you've got like, you know, speed metal for like an hour straight, it's like, okay. Right. You know, some people like that, but but for me I, I could last a minute thirty five seconds, you know, and then I'm like, I'm done with that, you know. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Right? But back to entrainment. Remember we were talking about how it was like, if you're really pissed off, it feels good sometimes to listen to something like speed metal because it's matching your energy. Yes. Oh, totally. You guys want to see me deep clean a house and like get ready for a party. I got to put on some new Beyonce and I'm like that beat gets me going and I have my AirPods in and I'm like scrubbing to the beat and my four year old came and made fun of me. I have my AirPods in. I didn't even know he was standing there dancing making fun of me as i was dancing i turned around i was like oh <laughs> but and he was in tra- follow- am i using the word right in tra- he was entrained from me and my music is that is that 
the well, right way to use that? No, I don't know. He may have been trained by the music. He, I mean, you know, as you know, your child isn't trained by you, right? Right, they're mirror. Right, totally. They're always mirroring you, right? That's yes. how they're learning everything. So it's just, you know, I'm sure a lot of things were going on. And, yeah. you know, they have their own little spirit that they come in with. And kids are really fun. I always, sorry, guys. I'm always talking about kids. Sorry. But, no, okay. okay. So, right. so, so back to this thing is. Yes. About how sound can help me soothe okay or activate oh okay so so again here's the thing that it, in the tradition that i was trained in with um tito la rosa the, the sounds that we create are not necessarily the intention isn't always to soothe and relax it can be to awaken something heart it can mm. be to awaken your spirit to something that you might need to see about yourself it could be to awaken your tears because it's time to let go of those tears because there's something that you've been holding for a long time or you've been um you know grieving quietly you know and suddenly this flute you hear a flute and it just makes you go oh right and it can unlock that. something it unlocks something exactly yeah and it can be also a little bit activating. So there are functions of sound that aren't always about, you know, the sound bath and relaxing yeah. and all that. Yeah. No, there's a lot of ways that we can go, you know. So I just wanted to, to point that out. And so how does someone find their sound? Hmm. Well, when you say their sound, do you mean their vocal sound or do you mean an instrument? No, I mean, I mean what you were just talking about, unlocking something, awakening something, right? Like we've had this whole conversation right now in a very fun, light tone of um, how, you know, Hallie, who is in the thick of grief, um, is, is so easily overconsumed, And I'm like, ah, oh, it's too much. And, and your practice um, allows people to come and explore the music and, and find what works for them. But where do they start? You just said like the flute. How do they know... The flute could be the unlocking, oh, activating well, thing. I mean, for me, uh, sorry, I guess I was speaking from the perspective of someone who's received the uh, the sounds, but also creates the sounds. Okay. No. <laughs> but, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, so, um, how so do I they mean, go ahead? I would say to someone, go to a sound healing event somewhere yeah. near live preferably because the sound will be so much more beautiful if it's in person you know absolutely and see what speaks to you see how your body responds and oh. see what what gets activated or touched you know um and as far as voice i mean it's like it's just exploration there has to be a willingness to sound goofy mm not care what people think maybe you do it really privately when no one's home whatever right you know but bobby mcferrin says improvise for 10 minutes straight don't stop and at about three minutes most people are like i sound dumb i don't know what else to do and he's like keep going 10 minutes set your thing just keep it going keep it going keep it going keep it going whatever it is yeah and next thing you know you're like Wow. Right. And then it goes back to something weird. Just keep on going. And you make that commitment. And in there, you're like, I really like this, you know? <laughs> right. And I think that's probably very helpful for those who are going through grief. Like myself right now, I'm just 
like wound tight and this would pro i think i'm probably after this recording gonna jump off and go do it because just like a little let loose a little giving myself or giving in the grieve or giving some giving yourself permission to just not focus on something for a second and your your sole task is just to make some noise and make some sound and see what comes from it yeah, um, and let us all play and be goofy, you know. Right. So um, definitely, let me know how it goes. I will. Yes. Okay. So so then, I'm looking at the time here, and oh. I before we go, you met Elizabeth over a song, and I really want our listeners to just hear a little bit of it. Do you have it ready? Yeah, I do actually. Would it's you be willing to just you know play a little snippet? Yeah. Do you want to hear a little a little context about it or? Uh, it- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the song is, is called Claim to Fame. It's not yet released, but it's in that process. And I'll give you... Um, By you, uh, right? Yeah, I, I wrote the song. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wrote the song a year ago when I, I, I was just seeing something on the news about a little girl named Jaslyn Adams, who her father was uh, shot. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. She was with her father going through a McDonald's drive through and a gang member... She tried to shoot her father, but but shot her and killed her. Oh my gosh! I know, and I was devastated. I mean, I was like, just I talk about grief. This, so this song really came right out of grief because I cried and cried and cried. Like, and did you know that? Did you know them? Yeah. No. No. Okay. It, it was just on the news, and. Um, and I, I already was affected by the gun violence thing, but, but to see a little girl, a totally innocent little girl die, it just like took me over the edge and I just couldn't stop crying. And I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about, you know, this. I just, it just did. It just did, yeah. Pieces of art come through you. And it is written in the perspective of the shooter. Okay. So oh my little, goodness. Oh wow. I did not expect that. Okay. And I'm, then I'm talking to that human being, but this is just a tiny little excerpt, okay? Okay, I'm ready. There we go. Triggered by the chemicals of hate. of our faith and love How does it feel to know Today you killed a Father and child forever apart. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's a little more. Oh, that was so that beautiful. beautiful. And uh, the melody that the mother, no, father and child, uh, the melody around those words just really 
amazing amazing for that activating sound that activating sound for me was the xylophone it was it was a kalimba oh, okay yeah. a kalimba mm-hmm. i my dad had one of those growing up which is and he would only let me play it if i sat on the couch and didn't do anything else <laughs> he put it there. Okay. um that song was beautiful that was now um it's not finished you said it's not finished yet it's not it's not live it's not yet. released just not yet released. I, I would love to give people my website and and if they you know want to be okay. on my mailing list they'll definitely hear when the, when it's we're pretty close we're pretty close you know it's a long song but it you know it's a story it became a work of art okay so it became a story that i needed to tell so ah uh, yeah wow that um so it will be on your website, which is www.sound-nourishment.com. Correct. Okay, yeah. perfect. Of course, guys, I will link it below. And time has flown by talking to Renee. So, <laughs> I mean, I could really oh, talk no, to you for I'm a sorry, long I time. Sorry, hijacked the conversation. No, on oh, no. Clients. <laughs> no, no, but, no, but I think that, that, I mean, that's why we have this podcast, right? Is how, I mean, yes, we love to have guests on. We love to hear about their story and their career and what they do. And But the point is to inspire others who are listening and going through their own grief that and encourage them that they can be musical, creative, expressive, and give them. We're trying to give you guys permission to let go and let loose and explore those emotions. Um, all, yeah, it, all in the name of mental health, I think. Totally, absolutely. And if there's just one last thing that I could say, it's just that I think a lot of the grief that I have felt in my life has been around. I think I know what my purpose is, but I'm not living it yet. Ooh. Right? Like, there's so much pain in that for me. Like, you know, if I'm not doing the thing that I feel I was put on the planet to do, there is deep pain for me. And so to actually be doing it is one way that I actually help relieve grief in in my being and in my life. Wow. That is really... We all want to fulfill that our destiny, you know? Yeah, we do. I mean, and I think also part of that is realizing that fulfilling your destiny means that you have this big overall story, but you have to live in the moment as your story is writing itself out. And the grief that is now a new chapter in the story is just that. It's a new chapter. Whether it's a good chapter or a bad chapter, you know... I mean, I have to first start with, please don't judge yourself about how long your grief is lasting because everybody's different and just create space to feel it as much as you can and just totally love yourself in that, in that place, you know? Okay. Um, and then um, I, I do think that without doing kind of like a spiritual bypass thing, getting involved in activities if it, if it were music if i was going to choose music i might choose music that is um enlivening that puts a smile on my face and yeah. um you know find that one artist like for me it's stevie wonder it just always makes me smile you that's know? the trick yeah and, and it's like listen to, to to that artist that you love and move mm-hmm. your body and sing and and sing along like make sound and release you know these are just the expression these feelings just want to be felt (laughs) you know right right that's what that's what i would say and 
for some folks, taking up an instrument is a really wonderful practice too. Mm-hmm. Something that keeps gets you focused, and then you start creating your own music. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can do this too. Yeah, right. And sometimes people need the hands-on. I mean, everybody is a little different. You, you know, some some people are really hands-on. Some people need to hear something come from their chest. Some people need to write. Some people need to think. Some people, yeah. There's find your thing and activate it. Yeah. I love I love how you said activating. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was that was. I just um, for your listeners, what I often do on these podcasts is I take notes, and um, I'm actually getting really good doing it on my phone as opposed to volumes of paper. But um, there's a lot of data on my phone now. So thank you, Renee. <laughs> Thank you so much, Renee. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Out of Grief Comes Art. Uh, This is certainly not the last time that you'll hear from Renee. So we will link all of her spots online in our um, descriptions in this podcast, as well as our social media. If you guys would like to have Renee back on the show, please let us know. Send us messages and um, we'll arrange something to happen. Keep us in the loop. Please. Please, please, please. and as as soon as that song is released, you tell me because I'm going to download as as soon. Yeah, because that gave me chills. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Have a great Wednesday, and make sure that today you do something artsy. Have a good one.